Welcome to The Read Along, a mini book club for your ears, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm your host, Scott. I'm your other host, Anita. And join us on a journey through a good book, one, one chapter, chapter at, at a time. I'm Elizabeth Longkink. I'm Andrew Paul. And we're the hosts of the Well Endowed Podcast. The Well Endowed Podcast is produced by Edmonton Community Foundation, or ECF as we call it. ECF provides grants to charities through the endowment funds we create and manage with our donors. Hence the title of our show, The Well Endowed Podcast. Every month, we bring you a collection of stories and interviews with fascinating guests who are working to make Edmonton a strong, vibrant city to live in. Through these stories, we look at the space where endowments intersect with your communities. So if you're interested in the people and issues impacting your community, check out thewellendowedpodcast.com. It's a shame, things being as they are right now, that you can't really get away. It's, it's true. We were having this conversation earlier about our lack of vacations in the last couple years. Yeah. Coupled with uh, having young children, not being particularly rich. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, and the fact that, I mean, it's ill-advised to go out and gallivant at this time. Yeah, it's been a long time since we've been able to uh, just pack it up and go somewhere for a bit. It's true. Yeah. It's kind of a shame. Uh, kind of. But, well, we're doing it to stay safe. Yeah. And to be fair, even when we did go away, we didn't go far. No, we haven't gone far in a number of years. Not since before our first came along. Yes. We've taken small vacations. We've done like little road trips yeah, we'll, within Alberta. We'll head over to, we'll head all the way down to Banff. Yeah. We have a friend who lives there, so we go visit her. Yeah. And uh, usually have a really good time. Spend a couple days, visit, see the town, maybe wander a trail or go for a canoe. Yeah, but nice. uh, but yeah, we we haven't been able to in a long time mm -hmm. because uh, obviously we didn't go to Banff last year. The town was mostly shut down. Yes, and probably not going to happen again this year. But um, probably not. Fingers crossed. There are vacations you can take during a global pandemic, right? You can still get away and stay away from people. But uh, I mean, my folks went camping. Yeah, in many ways, uh, we've been staycationing for over a year. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Kind of. Well, you and I took that staycation uh, two month and a half ago. It's true. Give or take. I mean, the kids were still around. Well, yeah. It wasn't just the two of us, uh, but we took a week off. The kids were still going to their day home. And so we, we had a couple afternoons where we didn't have to look after kids and could just kick up our feet for a little bit. Yeah, we just had a couple of child-free days to relax and watch movies and play video games. and For probably the first time since our second came along. Yeah, I think it was. And she is 15 months old, so. Yep. So, you know. <laughs> We're good at this. Vacationing. Uh, I bring it up because this is this is going to be a short chapter. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about ourselves for a little while. Yeah, there's there's not much, like, this chapter is fairly short. There's not much new that happens in it, so uh, uh, the, the actual chapter synopsis is going to be a little short. Well, a little. It's not that there's nothing to talk about. Like, stuff happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but with that said, uh, a brief recap of our previous chapter in which Nick and Johnny awake from their spooky dreams. Nick heads to work and has an unfortunate encounter in the <laughs> bread room yes. with uh, a guy who has an offer that probably he shouldn't have refused. 
And then he ran back to Johnny and told her all about it. And she was like, oh, that seems pretty bad, but that seems on par with what they kind of do. And then Nick heard a sound, which leads us into chapter six of Beneath the Rising by Premi Mohammed. titled my notes for this chapter, Drazi Drops In. Yeah, the, I want to be clear that since the start of the book, I think three days have passed. Yeah, I think that's about right. Yeah, uh, not a lot of time has happened. And uh, this chapter takes place the same day as the previous chapter. Oh, yeah, we're immediately following it. Yeah. Johnny and Nick head into the hallway, but they can't find anything or anyone there, though they do sense kind of the lingering presence of something foul. And, and Nick recognizes Oh, it. yeah. it's It starts out as the, uh, you just know something is wrong feeling, yeah? So they know. They know he's coming. Nick asks if it's possible that something got in, and Johnny's like, yeah, that would be bad news. So she leads Nick to the lab where the impossible engine is. And she grabs it, and they head to the room with Ben the Science Octopus, because it's a fairly safe room. And apparently it's got a place where you can dispose of stuff. Apparently. Uh, because Johnny intends to dispose of the impossible machine. Yes. She's like, they can't have it. I refuse to let them even try. Yeah. On their way, Johnny kind of explains that Drazenoth has previously tried to rouse the Ancient One. As she understands it, at the end of World War II, when the bombings happened in Japan, Drazenoth was like, my dudes, we should probably go and take over the Earth before they kill themselves. But they could not get in. And Nick kind of likens this to someone having changed the code to get into the house. Yeah, someone's changed the locks on Earth. And they don't have the keys anymore. Yeah. Johnny doesn't disagree with him, but the way she explains it essentially amounts to... They might have changed the locks, but they've called a locksmith. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, whatever. Not, it's not so simple as we just change the locks and they stay out forever. Yeah. Right? Like, they're still going to keep trying. Um, and whatever magic was used to hedge them out previously might not work again. And certainly it seems like Drazenoth has found a new source of magic and he's gathering strength. Johnny, rightly or wrongly, suspects that her impossible engine is part of that. Uh, yeah, could be. At the very least, we know by the end of this chapter that that's what he's after. Certainly. I mean, Johnny had already kind of posited it, but Drazenoth more or less confirms it this chapter. <laughs> more or less nothing. It seems pretty obvious. In Ben's room, Johnny pulls out some crazy tools that Nick can't even identify. Screwdrivers with heads he's never seen before. Yeah. And basically announces that it's time to break the impossible machine. Because as you say, she cannot let it fall into their hands. Yeah. Um, better better for no one to have it than for the wrong people to have it. Exactly. She actually disassembles it very quickly. Nick is surprised at how unimpressive it looks as she dismantles it. He was expecting something glowy and uh and right? like complicated, yeah. There to be dramatic music when she took off the lid, that kind of thing. But it seems pretty simple and straightforward when she actually dismantles it. Yeah, some wires here. <laughs> her, her little circular uh I'm not sure what to call it. Well, her metal. Yeah, she melted it down. It's like the, the heart of the machine kind of thing. Yeah, it actually does kind of match up with her description of how she had built it previous. Yeah. In that the way she described it, it was a very simple thing she had put together that just created unlimited energy out of nothing for some reason. And that certainly seems to be the case here is that she 
disassembles it down into a very simple set of parts that she then disposes of because you don't even want the pieces around. You, yeah. you want no trace of like, it there's whatsoever. One, there was one like computer chip circuit board something yeah. in it that got completely disassembled. Yeah, she, she, actually... gave it, she gave it to her science robot. Yeah, and she, she actually melts down the parts. Yeah. yeah, and then she throws the other pieces in a fume hood and lights them afire. Johnny explains that if they can't get their hands on the engine, they will have to settle for her because she's the only person who knows how to build it. Nick is like, well, I, what's stopping them from taking you? And she kind of admits really nothing. but <laughs> not, not much. But at the very least, it will buy you time to escape because this is basically, as she had mentioned in previous chapters, if she can keep their attention focused on her, Nick can slip away. That's kind of her goal here, partly. Well, yeah, and she's not wrong because they don't really want Nick, as far as we know. Yeah. The only reason Nick is useful to them is to get to her. But now she's the only way they can get the engine, so they're going to have to kind of focus in on her. Nick asks, are you absolutely sure no one else in the world could build this thing? And Johnny gives him a flat no, basically. Just no, no one else could have built this thing and nick's retort is you really do have a battleship sized ego <laughs> she doesn't deny it no but she doesn't have time to either because before she can continue draws drops into the room all gross and smelly actually uh passes through some solid matter uh in the room while he's uh, meeting with them. Yeah, I really got the impression that walls and doors and locks and such aren't really going to hold this thing back. Well, Johnny does describe him as primarily existing in a parallel state of being. Not really above or below, just kind of also here, but not. Right? So, It's a yeah. little, little otherworldly. Well, it's the impossible angles and dimensions that elder ones live in. Indeed. You know, as you do. Right. Nick also has a moment of true existential dread here, where he realizes that Drozanoth was possibly just minutes away from getting his hands on this device. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We sort of follow Nick as he falls into his own head, right? His weird stream of consciousness as, as Johnny's disassembling this thing before Drozzy gets there, where it's Nick desperately trying to sort out what's happening and keep hold of his sanity. Oh, yeah. He, if we were playing the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game, he would have taken several hits to his sanity score at this juncture. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Johnny's pretty smug, though. She tells Drozanoth, you know, if you were half as smart as you seem to be, probably you should have grabbed it while we were sleeping. <laughs> yes. But Drozanoth is not too particularly perturbed by this turn of events. He's like, yeah, it's fine. Whatever. <laughs> you will make me another. Basically. She tells him, you really should be on your way because you can't stick around. And he's like, nah, I'm good. Uh, I'm actually kind of enjoying living in your linear time again. It's quite a rush. <laughs> Which is the strangest thing <laughs> yeah. for, for him to say. This is also clearly disturbing to Johnny. Um, what she was kind of implying was you don't have much time in our universe. And what he's answering is, no, I now have all the time I want because things have changed. Right? Yeah. I'm not entirely sure what that means. Well, my guess is that previously he was mostly hedged out, right? Like, he's one of the little things, as she puts it, that can seep in through the cracks. Yeah. But even then, it's like you're diving into the ocean, right? You can only be there for a little while while you're holding your breath. That's, that's how I'm going to kind of describe it. But in this case, he's saying, no, either 
the ocean is now made of oxygen for me. Or, at the very least, I've brought a big tank of oxygen with me. I can stay much longer than previously. Yeah. This time thing of yours is very novel. Yeah. So she falls back on, well, okay, well, the device is gone. And I will never remake it. So you're you're done. Your job is done. And Drosnoth's like, eh, you seem pretty sure about that fact. Because she is. He actually says very specifically, you think you cannot be persuaded this time. And Nick catches that this time. This time, right? He doesn't have time to dwell on it in this chapter. He doesn't have time to put anything together. But he catches that. I am confident that that is going to come back. Maybe not right away. <laughs> it might take a bit, but that whole this time comment is going to come back. Nick also notes that they are currently cut off from the exit. Drazanoth is essentially between them and the one way out of Ben's room. Yeah. So there's no way out. Johnny at this juncture is starting to lose her cool and orders Drazanoth out of her house. And he kind of smugly responds, of all the living creatures on this earth, you think you're the one who can order me around? It was worth a shot, if nothing else. Yeah. But he's he's definitely, again, further implying that there's a pre-existing relationship between him and Johnny. Here. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, he even invites her to deny that, that he has some sort of hold over her, and she does not or cannot do that. Yes. Drazanoth also explains at this juncture, you, th you think you built this thing by accident? You did not build this thing by accident, and you sure as heck did not build it for the betterment of humanity. You built it for us even if you didn't know it at the time, and you will rebuild it. And she says, well, I can't. And he's like, can't or won't? And her reply is both. And so he kills Ben the science octopus. It made me sad. And then is like, think on that. Takes his leave. Well, no, he ends... He doesn't literally say, think on that. No, it, and I think it's important the way the chapter ends, where he repeats can't or won't as he disappears into... The whatever. Yeah. But he also, killing Ben the science octopus, I mean, that sucks. It, it sucks for poor Ben. Does The mutant suck. octopus. He came, he's gone, RSVP, Ben the science octopus. <laughs> but that. That, was, that was a demonstration of force. Drazanoth killing Ben was him implying what he will next do to Nick, to Johnny. Starting small before the threat gets bigger? Yeah. That was a demonstration of how very easily he can just snuff out a life and it was pointedly at johnny but it was about nick if that makes sense yes that does make sense yeah even if nick doesn't necessarily pick it up i was certainly picking it up <laughs> oh yeah so i'm not going to kill that guy right now but i'm going to kill your octopus to show you what's going to happen to him and his family next and that's the end of chapter six again pretty short chapter a lot does happen as you say in that we get pretty solid confirmation that johnny has been mixed up with drazanoth for a while Mm -hmm. She's she's on the payroll, whether she wants to be or not. Oh, yeah. There was there was a deal struck previous to now. So this more or less confirms my conspiracy theory from last episode. It, yeah. it might might not line up exactly, but it, it definitely confirms there's a pre-existing relationship here. Johnny has dealt with Drazanoth before. Oh, yeah. Probably one would presume in exchange for power or survival. Knowledge. Because uh, one of our listeners, Ron. Friend of the podcast, Ron. Did mention he thought the theory was sound, but he posited that maybe Drazanoth had visited her during the terror attack mm -hmm. and offered to save her in exchange for services rendered. Which is possible. Look, it's a, and I mean, a child... theory is any. A child in a desperate situation might be willing to strike a deal with a devil. Maybe. <laughs> Indeed. No matter how genius they are. 
I don't know. Hard to say. It's it's a good theory. Ron brings up a very good theory. But yeah, that's that's more or less where we end off. Nick doesn't really have time to dwell on any of what Drazenoth said. Johnny doesn't really have time to try to brush it off or confirm it. Well, no, not when they're in the middle of being grossed out and terrified at the same time. Indeed. I imagine we'll visit it next chapter. That seems likely. It's my guess that we'll visit this next chapter and then, like, this event has happened and now we will process what happened. Because you can't tell me that Nick doesn't have questions. Oh, for sure. Gotta have questions. And the imminent danger has just left, right? So now it's time to deal with things. So I'm curious, when Drazenoth was in the bread room with Nick, Mm -hmm. once he left, everything returned to normal. The lights came back on. Nothing was gross. Nothing was wrecked. Everything was fine. Mm -hmm. Short of Benjamin Franklin Scient Octopus's tank being cracked open Mm -hmm. and the octopus being uh, killed, do you think there's evidence of Drazi left in that room? Because Nick describes him like passing through the table and like melting the walls and being all gross and otherworldly. Do you think the lab is normal except for a broken tank or... Clearly there's been a creature here and there's gross left behind. I would imagine there's probably gross left behind. When Drazenoth was visiting with Nick, he was trying to be subtle. He is not trying to be subtle here. This was a show of force. Mm -hmm. And if he wrecked up the joint, he probably actually wrecked up the joint. This wasn't, I've come to you in secret to give you an offer that you cannot refuse. This was, I'm here to show you that I mean business. Fair enough. Yeah. And demonstrating that he can affect the physical world is also probably part of that. Because, again, he's supposed to be this little thing that can creep in and not really do much. But now he's doing stuff. That's true. Yeah. Okay. These are the weird questions that cross my mind. <laughs> no, th- these are fair questions to have. This is part of analyzing the chapter. Mm-hmm. So, But that's all the chapter there is to analyze this week. Yes. So we'll, uh, we'll call it here. A bit of a shorter episode, but that's okay. They it happen. Happened. They, they have happened before. They will happen again. Absolutely. Uh, so you'll want to read up on Chapter 7 in time for next week. Yes. And in the meantime, you know, we've gone through a lot of different partners here at the Alberta Podcast Network, people who've been showering us with their support uh, so that we can continue to bring you quality podcast material. One of the people who's been here right from the beginning is ATB. A people. ATB's not a people. ATB Financial. A people. <laughs> and they they continue to support us uh, right up to the present. And Nita has a little bit to tell you about that. Looking for a way to give back? ATB Cares makes it easy for all Albertans to support the causes they care about. Donate to your favorite charity through ATB Cares, and ATB will match 20% of every dollar donated to eligible Albertan charities. To learn more and donate, visit atbcares.com. Yeah, ATB. A people. They are, they are a good people. <laughs> anyway, you uh, you can check out more about the various partners to the Alberta Podcast Network, as well as all of the member podcasts of the Alberta Podcast Network right now at albertapodcastnetwork.com. I've said Alberta Podcast Network a great deal. Now I'm going to tell you, you can find those podcasts at your podcatcher of choice. And while you're there, maybe stop by and give us a little rating and a review. We'd like that. It'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. We would uh, definitely like to shout you out on social media. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, pick your poison. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Goodreads. We are at the read along on most of those. Yeah, if you talk at us, we might even mention you in the podcast, like we did to Ron earlier. Shout out, Ron! Uh, <laughs> you can also send us an email if you want. Yes, we are the read along at gmail.com. And with that said, as always, we love you very much, and we'll see you next time. Is she going to get another science octopus? Thank you for joining us on The Read Along with your hosts, Anita and Scott Bourgeois, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. All Read Along music is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Cover art is by Aaron Beaver. Be sure to join us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Read Along, and check out our group on Goodreads.com. <laughs> <laughs>